Welcome in. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone on this holiday week. And we are here for another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Hornet Football Podcast. I'm Jason Ross. We do hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving and is enjoying time with loved ones, family, friends, and looking out for one another, one another, being safe, being smart, and having a good time, and just rejoicing in what we have all experienced this year in Sacramento State football. What a year. The Hornets did it. A perfect 11-0 in the regular season. Today on the podcast, we'll recap the thrilling Causeway Classic. We will look at the playoff seating and draw. We will hear from head coach of your Sacramento State Hornets, Troy Taylor, and uh, some awards to be given out as the Hornets, because you win, you get attention. Lots of hardware for the Sacramento State Hornets 2022 team, and all well-deserved. We'll recap all of that on the podcast, but we got to jump into it because the Causeway was so good. I'm still feeling a a buzz, pardon the pun, over that night and that game and that day. It was just an overall incredible experience and a lot of credit, certainly on the game, it goes to the players and coaches. But Sacramento showed up and Davis showed up in front of a record crowd. That atmosphere, if you were at the game, if you listened to it on the radio or if you watched it on television, incredible. Tailgate before the game was as large as I've ever seen. It took us longer to get to the stadium than normal, and we were there plenty early, two and a half, almost three hours early this last weekend. And standing room only, basically, both sides full, 23,000-plus. And by the way, with that home attendance, with the Idaho fourth-largest crowd of the year, the Montana game, homecoming, the season opener, the Hornets set a record for their largest attendance all year as far as season average, 15,502 which in all the FCS teams was 11th highest. So you win, they will show up. The schedule was good for home games to have Montana, to have an improved Idaho team, to have homecoming separate from that, the home opener, and then, of course, the Causeway. But the fans still showed up, and you showed up for a great product. And uh, congratulations once again to the Hornets on an awesome year. But let's look back at the Causeway. Boy, did this go back and forth. Let's start from the beginning, though. Opening drive, Hornets take the ball, they go right down the field, but they would get a first and goal and would need all four downs to get in the end zone. Well, Troy Taylor's going to go for it this year on fourth down. Sacramento State has converted 10 of 16. This is a big one down at the Aggie two-yard line. Asher O'Hara is back in. He's got Scadaboo in the backfield with him and Fulcher. Huge momentum play here early in the football game. Snap will come into O'Hara. He'll toss an end around to Fulcher. He's got to get the edge. It's a sprint. You're not going to catch him, I don't think. Oh, he gets in. Touchdown. Sacramento State, he had the angle, then stopped, cut it back, and he crossed the goal line for the game's first score. Well, it was touch and go. You said you're not going to catch him, and when you said that, I was going, they might catch him. And then instead of trying to get through the outside, Fulcher cut back inside, which led to contact, but he got in the end zone. So after an Aggie field goal, remember the game's now 7-3, the Hornets would drive again and would extend the game to 10-3. But Zinkowski missed his first two kicks of the season, but since then has made 12 in a row. And this is basically an extra point distance. Yeah, his last PAT that he made set the school season record by himself. He's had a great career. He's one of the seniors that was honored today. Snap, placed down, the kick on the way, a little oh, poop my shot, goodness. just directional kick, and he splits the sticks. It's good. Field goal for the Hornets, so they extend the lead back to seven. It's now 10-3, to 4.51 left first. So it started to feel like the Hornets were the better team and looking better, but they couldn't truly get separation until this play when Asher O'Hara would call his own number 
and the result would put Sacramento State up two scores. O'Hara will keep it. O'Hara to the 15. O'Hara to the 10. O'Hara to the end zone. Touchdown, Asher O'Hara. The streak continues. 19 yards out. And for the senior quarterback, he has rushed for a touchdown in all 11 games of the regular season. Hornets lead 16-3. to Felt like this game had so many different swings of momentum. Right there at 17-3, to it felt like Sacramento State, if they could get one more stop going into the half, it might be real trouble for UC Davis. Davis had a big third and 10 on their drive before the half. They converted it deep in their own territory after several punts in a row, and then they were on the move and would score right before half, proving to be very big for the Aggies. So with 30 seconds left and all their timeouts, Davis will run it second and goal. They quickly get to the line of scrimmage. 25 seconds to go before half. Clock is running. Hastings has Larison in the backfield now, so it's a full house. They give to Gillum. He runs left. He's in. Touchdown. Basically untouched, and the Aggies score with 18 seconds left before the half. That was really important for the visiting Aggies. And they do a nice job of moving the ball down the field and getting into the end zone for the first time. So at halftime, it's 17-10. to 10. You heard Gilliam there on the score. That proved to be a big development. In the first half, a huge hit by Armand Bailey on Castles, the tight end, a big tight end for Davis. He left the game, did not return. Um, that was a big, big, big hit. Then also we saw the departure in the second half, early second half, of Yulonzo Gilliam, their leading rusher and all-around best offensive player. He did not return. So the Aggies were down key key pieces to their offense but still they would get a third quarter field goal so it's 17 13 and again neither team getting separation at this point so sacramento state would need something something to get them going each team had an interception so the turnovers didn't flip the game each team had opportunities to extend or davis to take the lead well sacramento state would do something nobody was ready for myself included when they would do a fake punt from special teams mcgoff on to punt aggie's looking like they're going for a punt block Rolling out, it's a fake. McGoff's going to keep it himself. Run, Cal, run! Cal to the 40, first down Hornets. What a time to make the call. Cal McGoff on a fake punt, scoots down the sideline. I see a fist bump from Coach LePan to Coach Taylor. The Hornets dial up the trick play, and Cal McGoff scoots down the sideline for a Hornet first down. He was going to get tackled for a five-yard loss on a fourth and 11, Jason. He, he needed a block desperately, and he got it. Look at this. And I did see if you can see the number. Was it 55? I, I can't think see it was made Jet that. Stanley. Jet Stanley had to make a crucial block to free him as one of the Aggies, as you said, were going for the punt block. That is amazing. That shocked everyone on a 4th yes. and 11 in your own territory. A gain of 20. Cal McGough with a huge play. He called his own number. Yes, you're going to learn more about that coming up in our post-game recap of this, so more of that straight ahead. But uh, it just kept everything going in a positive way against 17-13. Drive was kept alive, and then I think the crowning moment of the causeway, maybe the crowning moment of the season, and a touchdown that's going to be remembered for a long, long time. One of the best TDs you'll see, this one courtesy of Asher O'Hara. Second and goal from the eight. O'Hara will shift Scadaboo. It's an option play. O'Hara will keep it. O'Hara to the five. O'Hara elevates. Oh, my! And oh! over in. He sticks the landing. Oh, Natalie Komenich. <laughs> Olga Corbett. Asher O'Hara went head over heels and stuck the landing in the end zone. 
23-13, fly, Asher, fly. That play ended up being a top 10 play at number four in Sports Center. I think on college football final from ESPN, it was the number one play of the week. Just an incredible score from Asher O'Hara. And it felt like with time, score, the game was over. Oh, the game was not over because in just one play, the Aggies made it very interesting. Back to throw. Hastings, quick sideline route. It's caught. Turning it up the sideline is Gale. And Gale keeps his foot. He's going to go down the sideline on one play. He's going to score. Oh, no. What a flip of the script. A 75-yard touchdown on one play. So from 24-13, that touchdown and two-point conversion, it's now 24-21. There was enough time on the clock with their timeouts. The Aggies would kick off. Hornets would get a couple of critical third downs to keep the drive alive. They had forced the Aggies into their timeouts. And then Cameron Scadaboo, who's had just an amazing season, did all he could to extend on a on a run to the wide side of the field to get a first down. He didn't quite get it, and unfortunately, he went out of bounds. So that stopped the clock, put a tough decision for head coach Troy Taylor, but he is so confident in his kicker, Kyle Sinkowski, who proved to be money. Kyle Sinkowski will try to make this a six-point lead. Now, if he misses, the ball will be here, but this is big. Kyle Sinkowski to try to make it a six-point advantage. It's 24-21. Sinkowski from the left hash. This will be a 44-yarder. Campos is the snapper. Stutz the holder. He's missed one today but had a streak of 12 in a row. 24-21. On fourth down. Snap comes in. Ball placed down. The kick has the distance. Got to go. He got it. It's good. Kyle Sinkowski. Just enough. Who took the air out of the football? So the Hornets are up six. Aggies are out of timeouts. They called a double reverse kind of multilateral play on the kickoff, which really cost them time and yardage. They had to start deep in their own territory. In fact, inside the 10, they would make it interesting. They still had time left and one last chance. Clock will stop to move the chains. 14 seconds to go. Aggies now can throw it to the end zone from here. Ball has been set. Clock is not running. Now it does. 10 seconds. 9 seconds. Hastings with the snaps. Got to air it to the end zone. Throws downfield. It's going to be caught. Rolling to the sideline. In the field of play. That's going to end the game. 2-1. The perfect season has happened. 11-0 for Sacramento State. As they storm the field. They win the Big Sky Conference. They will most likely find out tomorrow morning that they're going to be the number one seed in the FCS playoffs. They win it 27-21 over their rivals in a thrilling Causeway Classic. All right, guys, down here with the head coach. Wow, what a battle today against this Davis team. Good football team that was playing really well. Um, it took it took all four quarters, um, but just proud of our guys and um, there were a lot of moments there. It could have went, could have went either way, and our guys just continued about like they've, they've done since we've been here three years for three years now. They just, uh, or I guess four if you count the COVID year, but uh, still trying to figure that out. But uh, really proud of our our coaches and our players, and just really happy for the city of Sacramento. It's good to see them celebrate. It was great to see this crowd out here today for our Causeway. I usually don't get to this, but coach, undefeated season, 11 and 0 overall. How does that feel? feels unbelievable. You know, you go in with the intention of trying trying to win them all, uh, and it, re- it rarely happens. Uh, so it's a good feeling. 
uh, we'll enjoy this one for a few days. Tomorrow we get to find out where the next step is. The season is not over yet for this team. No, you know, it's really two seasons. you got the regular season. Unbelievable reward for these guys to, to win, go undefeated, win the Big Sky Championship. And then uh, we'll figure out, you know, in a tournament where you play and or who you play. And, you know, it sounds like they'll all be at home, so they'll be here. And uh, kind of our track to trying to try to win a national championship. Congratulations, so it's Big Sky Champions, third year in a row. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Stingers up. All right, so you heard from the head coach there with Danny. Danny was busy. The field was filled with Hornets, filled with family members, students. I loved how everybody stormed the field. So it was a, just a maze of people to try to find. But Danny, caught, he catches up with him. He's going to track him down. Maybe one of the few people that could catch up with Asher O'Hara. Down here with Asher O'Hara, guys. Wow, Asher, what a game today. Wow is right. Feels damn good. <laughs> That's all I could say. You got to talk about your touchdown, that, that third down play, the acrobat. You just unbelievable. You just decided you're just going to go for it. Yeah, I know. Like I always say, I, it's hard to tackle someone when they're in air. I took flight over Pierre Williams. He helped me with a little boost, and I landed it because my mom was a gymnast. That's where I get it from. Got to say, we we scored you a ten on the landing. That was an awesome landing. Congratulations, Big Sky champions, for the third season. Now it's time to think about the playoffs. Thank you so much and for all you do. Appreciate it. Well, how about the kicking stars, the specialists, the fake punt, Cal McGough, Kyle Sinkowski, a couple of critical field goals. Danny caught up with the kickers. We do. All right, guys, I got them both. All right, go for it, Danny. Let's start with Cal. Cal, fourth and 11, out for the punt. You dial up the trick play. What were your eyes, what were you thinking when that was called? It it wasn't called. It sort of just happened. I don't know. I Ran out right, missed a guy, and it looked open in front, so I ran for it. Got it. It was a gutsy play and a great call and a great run by you. Did you mind getting tackled a little bit there at the end? What's that, sorry? Did you mind getting tackled there at the end? Yeah, I know. I just tried to get out of bounds. I didn't want to get hit, so I just ran out of bounds. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kyle. Yeah. It had to be, you know, I know you missed the one earlier. I know that one had to hurt you because, you know, such a great kicker, but he came back when it was time. It was clutch. Yeah. Time late in the game, coach calls your number. You know, how does that feel just to know that the coach still always has your back in, this, in these situations? I mean, I mean, it's great because you just, you, are, you know they have confidence in you. It gives you confidence, you know. So they, they know that if I miss one, then I'm going to go out there and hit the next one. And, and it's, just, it's always nice to have that trust with the coach. And it's just so easy then. It takes pressure off you. You go out there, you know, make the kick. You make it a... Two, or they at least got to go score a touchdown, you know what I mean? So they got to drive a little bit farther, you know? So, But it, it's always great to have the coaches have confidence in you. It just makes kicking way easier. So, Congratulations on the victory. Thank you. All right, so there you go. There's the recap of a thrilling 68th Causeway Classic won by the Hornets, a perfect season, 8-0 in conference. They share the conference title with Montana State, and they go perfect through league, perfect for the year. Just a dream season. We had said on the call and on the post game that we were most certain that the next morning at the senior banquet and at the selection show that the Hornets would be granted the number one seed. I have to admit, I'll say it, I was disappointed the Hornets were not. I don't know what else they could do. I mean, most people consider the Big Sky one of or the toughest conferences in FCS. So it's either number two or number one. They went undefeated. And in my mind, if South Dakota State or North Dakota State went undefeated, there's no doubt they're number one. 
South Dakota State lost a game. Granted, it was to Iowa, but they lost a game. The only other two comp teams that they played both played UC Davis. South Dakota State played them at home and won by two. Sacramento State played them at home and won by six. And then both played Northern Iowa. And South Dakota had to win on a walk-off at the end. And the Hornets won by 16. I, I Trying to even take my Hornet bias away from this, I don't understand how the committee did not have Sacramento State number one. There's some popular belief that the committee may have wanted Mon- uh, the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley away from each other, meaning South Dakota State wouldn't have to face North Dakota State until the final, which is very possible. I still think they could have left it that way and had one at two and the other one at three, which is what a lot of people thought going in with the Hornets being one and then Montana State being four. Instead, it was South Dakota State one, the Hornets two, uh, North Dakota State three, and then Montana State four. Uh, All told, five Big Sky teams made it. I don't think Montana should have. That's my personal opinion. They're seven and four. They were a good football team. They don't have a good win this year. And their final game against their rival Montana State, they were blown out. So their resume that they can add and show off would be their close calls, including to the Hornets, but they didn't win. I thought UC Davis had a better argument, honestly, than Montana. But Idaho State, or excuse me, Idaho got in, Weber State got in, though I thought they would be a seeded team. They were not. I mentioned Montana in, and then the seeded teams, uh, number four, Montana State. And then number two, Sacramento State. Now, what does that mean? 24 teams make the playoffs. 16 play this Saturday, opening of the playoffs right after Thanksgiving on Saturday. The other eight that have a bye, including the Hornets, uh, they wait a whole week. And the Hornets have had this layout for the last two times. And we all know as Hornet fans what's happened. They have not won that first playoff game, which for them has been round two. Now, what's ahead for the Hornets? Well, they've got a matchup either between Richmond or Davidson. Now, reading about that matchup this week, Richmond has a great quarterback, a really good offense, a passing dominant offense. Um, That's what they feature. And most people think that might be the most lopsided opening round matchup of the 16 teams. A lot of people are picking Richmond to win that. As far as Davidson, kind of a triple option, more of a gimmick type team. But it's football. It's one game. Anything can happen. The Hornets, of course, will be locked in watching that with the coaching staff. You're going to hear more of that coming up with head coach of the Hornets, Troy Taylor, his thought on the season and his thought on that matchup as well. But um, the the bottom line, I think the Hornets should have been number one. It's not that big of a deal because of this, because of the fact that they're two. And what does that mean? That means that Sacramento State would host every game that they win in the playoffs until the championship, and the championship is at a neutral site. It's been designated for years to Frisco, Texas in January. So, Um, if the Hornets are two seed facing one South Dakota state, it's in Frisco, Texas. If they're a two seed facing anyone else on that other side of the bracket, it's still in Frisco, Texas. And so that's the layout. So the path is going through Sacramento for the Hornets to get to the championship. They're going to have to win three games to get there a fourth to win it all. But I know what coach Taylor would say is it starts with one. You got to win the first one and you hope the Hornets have learned from the past two years my own personal feeling on the last two years, they had a really bad game against Austin P. They weren't completely healthy. Uh, Kevin Thompson came into that game banged up. Hornets lost a key offensive line member or two before the game and late in the season. Pierre Williams was hurt in the causeway. They weren't fully healthy. They weren't as deep as they are now. No excuse. They still played the game, still had every opportunity to play the game. They were outplayed and got off to a terrible start and never able to win that game. 
So the next week, or excuse me, the next year, Sacramento State was taking on South Dakota State. We now know that is a brutal draw for the Hornets because they've been number one a lot of the season, and the Hornets were either going to play UC Davis again or South Dakota State. Well, South Dakota State won that game. Hornets got behind, but not that far behind, and scored, I believe, on every possession of the second half, just kind of ran out of time. They did not get the ball one more time. I feel like they would have defeated South Dakota State. In the end, it's a loss. So that's two of them and no breakthrough playoff wins. So the game plan is to watch Richmond and to watch Davidson. The Hornets will prep for both. And then obviously next week when they know their opponent for sure, they'll lock in on the opponent they have. So you've heard enough from me. Uh, I did get an opportunity this week to talk to the Big Sky Coach of the Year again, Troy Taylor. Now, I didn't know that when I was talking to him a couple days ago, but I do want to hear you to hear that conversation between me and the coach, Troy Taylor. All right. It's great here on the Stingers Up podcast to uh, catch up with the coach, Troy Taylor. Coach, the uh, regular season has now come to an end. I know you're competitive. I know you compete to win every game before the season starts. I don't know if you envision what your record's going to be, but 11-0 and 0 is incredible. Congratulations on the success. And kind of in your mind, how did you how did you do that? How did you have a perfect regular season? Yeah, you go in wanting to win them all, but I think you know everybody. Everybody wants to win them all, and you just take them out one at a time. And uh, we won a lot of different ways. I mean, I think you know primarily we were ahead and just kind of stayed ahead. But you know there were some times where we were behind and had to come back. So uh, credit to our team to come out fast in those games, but also be resilient enough to find different ways uh, to win down the stretch. And that was that was the key. Causeway was another one of those truly is a classic both teams playing well coming in both teams wanting to win but you kind of had to find a lot of different ways including what we learned post game Cal uh, has the opportunity Cal McGough to Mm -hmm. if there's a look to do a fake punt I felt that was such a big play in the game to have the trust you guys put in your players to to read a situation I mean you got the exact results you wanted yeah, unbelievable play. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, he, like like you said, he has the ability if he feels that it's there. And these Australian punters, um, they can kick the ball from any position. It's kind of like us throwing things. So um, the last second he can decide, oh, I got it, or oh, I got to punt it. So we totally trust him. Uh, he made a great decision. Pretty gutsy for a guy who's never played football before to all of a sudden, you know, one of the biggest games, all of a sudden mm-hmm. decide he's going to tuck it and, and run. But uh, that was a massive play. Is that a situation where you're going to give that freedom to players until maybe they don't? Um, I don't want to say deserve it, but yeah. they you, you lose maybe some trust. No, you got to. I mean, you got to trust your guys. It's and hopefully they trust us. So um, without that, you you got nothing. So I mean, I trust our guys immensely um, on and off the field. So uh, absolutely, we trust our guys, and uh, usually they make good decisions. Mm-hmm. The effort is always there. In a season filled with highlights, I don't know where Asher are going head over heels and sticking the landing will will be with you for. But for me, I think I'm going to remember that forever. Um, I'm scared when he's up there. What's your reaction when he takes off like that? I like the ball in his hands. Um, he makes good decisions. He's great around the in the red zone down near the goal line, and he just always seems to find a way. Sticking the landing was pretty pretty incredible. The atmosphere too. Look, you're you're worried about coaching. You've got decisions to make on the fly. I don't know if you have any time to just stop, pause, and look and go. Man, there are a lot of people here. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's spots throughout the game where you check, and you know the last three weeks have been incredible. This obviously was the pinnacle, but 
um, yeah, the, the goal was to have to, you know, activate the Sacramento area to get behind us. And they've certainly done that. And we just need them to keep doing it into the playoffs. So you wait for a selection show. You know you're in. You win the conference title again. So back-to-back-to-back titles. You know you're going to be near the top. I personally thought you're the top. You don't have to comment on whether you should be or not. I don't know what else you could do. But now that you've seen the seedings and what's important is to be number two, at least home field will be at Hornet Stadium throughout until the championship if you guys are so fortunate to get there. What did you think of the of the layout that you have? Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, you know, you you want to be the top seed, but as long as you're in the top two, you get home field, and then you you know you hope you're you've been rewarded from what you've done for a, a decent uh, you know a good season. Um, you know, last year I thought it was an unbelievably tough draw. I mean, South Dakota State had uh, basically had the national championship for you know a few minutes before they lost it, um, and so that was an incredibly tough draw. But um, uh, you know the playoffs. You're gonna you're gonna have to play good teams. Um, you're gonna have to beat good teams, and there's no way around that. So no matter who you're playing, and you know Davidson and Richmond are both really good teams. Um, we'll find out who we play pretty early Saturday, um, and then we'll prep for them. But yeah, I feel I feel good about where we're at, and we got to play well. We got to stay healthy. You know, it's a lot of things going into winning a tournament, uh, but I think we're positioned well to make a run. You get rewarded with the bye. I think that's important too, because I mean, ten weeks in a row of playing. You get some rest. I know maybe I don't think it disrupts any kind of rhythm, but what do you think the value is of having after ten emotional weeks of football having a week off? Yeah, I think it's important. They, you know, we uh, we're pretty healthy, you know, but guys just it's a physical game, mm-hmm. so they get a little dinged up, and so we definitely have some guys that will get some needed rest uh, physically. We're gonna are uh, mentally and emotionally, and then physically as well. Um, we'll we're still gonna get some work in. We're we're not we don't want to establish any rust or you know, um, throughout this week, we want to make sure we stay sharp, but we're, we're also smart. So, um, and then we get a jump, we get, get to look at both teams and prep a little bit and then really focus in on Sunday. Looking back at the last two years in the playoffs, uh, two years ago, I think you'd said it, it just, it was a bad day. It did not go your way for Austin P. They deserve credit for that, but not, not a typical Hornet game. And you already referenced the draw. It was difficult last year, but it felt like if that game was five more minutes, I think you get them. But, um, what did you learn about whether that's prep for or emphasis of a playoff game coming off those last two years. Yeah, um, yeah. The, as you said, the two years were completely different. We were not as uh, deep a team our first year, and then we lost, you know, Pierre Williams and the, yeah. the Causeway and one of our offensive linemen, and uh, and then and, and Austin Peay is a very good team. So, um, and then last year was South Dakota State. Yeah, we had a chance. We started out slow, and then had a chance at the end. But they're a phenomenal team as they proved again this year. So. No shame in losing to those guys. Um, I think probably the things that I've looked at is that you know maybe we gave our guys too much time off mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, and maybe maybe we started out a little slow. You know, your central nervous system when you sit around and don't do a lot, it just starts to slow down, and then when you come back, you got to activate and get it going. So we're going to take it a little bit different. We're gonna we're not going to kill our guys, but we're going to get some work in. You know, just about every day, get them fresh, but also keep them sharp. So that work you're talking about, you don't know if it's Richmond, you don't know if it's Davidson. Is it more on kind of Hornet game plan stuff, refining what you do well? Yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're right now we're kind of looking at, at least offensively, we're looking at all the stuff that we did really well. What are the things that we haven't done as well? And then see how that fits in mm-hmm. to, to either of these opponents. So I think it's we always try to take a, first take a look at ourselves, see where we're at, what we're doing well, and try to add on to that or, or emphasize it and then uh, mix that in with your opponent. 
I know you and your coaching staff are already dissecting both teams. How much of that will you implement to the players in actual game prep this week versus next week when you know this is the team we're playing? Yeah, we'll definitely start immediately. Um, we've, we've already started watching one op- opponent uh, pretty exclusively, and then we'll wor- move on to the other. And uh, yeah, we will work. It'll become part. It'll be part of our practice, not the whole practice. Um, as far as the conference in general, you win another conference title. You share it with Montana State, the one team you didn't get a chance to play. Um, it's such a good conference. Um, I know you're worried about the Hornets, but to see Weber in, Idaho in, I was personally stunned about Montana. I thought Davis could get in as well. Uh, what did you think about just their seeding and, and the way the conference draw went? Yeah, it's good to get teams in. I was disappointed for, for UC Davis. I thought they deserved it. I thought they were penalized for playing a really tough preseason conference and that's disappointing to see because uh, I think you should be rewarded for playing tough opponents but uh, that's too bad it really is Um, but uh, you know the other teams hopefully uh, hopefully everybody will play well in the playoffs and maybe we'll get a chance to play another big sky team you have to compartmentalize so many things right now you're worried about the team you're worried about the game game planning two teams you're looking at it's also a hot time for recruiting how are you parceling all this right now recruiting is one of those things that goes on all year so it never stops um you know obviously when you're in the midst of the season you got the emphasis has to be on both but um you're really focused on winning the football games but uh this week also we um you know especially with the transfer portal that's mm-hmm. a thing it's not waiting around for you so you gotta you gotta peek it and see the things that you want and there's certainly things that we're looking for um but you gotta be you gotta be able to multitask for sure and then as far as, I mean, it's another factor. It's life. And you guys, when you're in football, it's it's all football. But holidays are here, Thanksgiving. I mean, I guess the players get a chance to at least get a little time with, with some family this week. Yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, most of them will have, will have to stick around here. Um, but uh, we do have a lot of local players. So um, the local guys will, will go home, and they'll bring some of their teammates with them, and the rest of the guys will get stuck going with coaches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is everybody trying? Who's who's the best cook on the staff? Like whose houses are everybody scouting for? Oh, that's a great question. You know, <laughs> I would say the guys that would probably be the best. I'd say Andy Thompson is a really good grill guy. Yeah, um, Cherokee's a good grill guy. Uh, Coach Richardson, he's he's pretty much good at everything. So um, I would not be. It's the not guy. you. What's going on at the Taylor House? No, it's not me. But my my wife is fantastic but i'm pretty sure no player wants to spend their thanksgiving day <laughs> with me so i said at a team meeting hey if you don't have any place to go don't want to go with the coaches you can i'm sure you'd have a great time coming to my house and they all laughed i got a little bigger laugh on that than i Any would have liked to yeah um but i was but i was right they i don't know who wants to spend their time with their head coach on their house probably no one see i would gravitate to you coach why, why is there no love for the head coach here i think it's kind of like you're the principal or whatever, you know, those, uh, you, you sit down at a table, nobody really wants to <laughs> sit down with their boss. So, yeah. um, but, uh, but my wife is a great cook, so they're, they're making a mistake. Yeah. How about you? So you'll get, you'll get at least a day with your, with your family. Yeah. Yeah. We'll practice uh, Thursday morning and then, um, give them Thursday, the rest of Thursday afternoon. And then we'll come back in Friday afternoon, uh, to practice again. So, but, uh, yeah, definitely important. You spend time with, uh, you know, the people you care about. Will you watch the Weaver? Excuse me, the Richmond and Davidson game as a team, or is that if they want to watch it, they watch it? Yeah, we'll we'll watch it. Um, you know, probably as individuals, and then we'll get the game tape and watch it a ton. So yeah, no no team. We're not going to do anything as a team, but I'm sure most eyes will be on it. Yeah. Well, coach, it's been an awesome season. I know that as you referred to this as as a second season. I think your players are all dialed in. Uh, congratulations on your success, and let's hope there's a long run ahead. No, I appreciate I appreciate you and your team and the job that you guys do. Hopefully, you have a great 
Thanksgiving and then uh, hopefully have a very long and prosperous second season. Stingers up. I got an opportunity to host the banquet on the senior banquet on uh, the day after the Hornets and Aggies played in the Causeway on Sunday in the selection show. And I had said, just hearing the coach, getting a chance to talk to him, uh, I'd play for him any day and I would, I'd go to his house. Why are the players afraid to go to the coach's house? Uh, we know how that goes though, but uh, hopefully all the players, the coaching staff, all of you out there have a great Thanksgiving and the Hornets deserve everything that has happened to them. A great season. And on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Found out that a school record 17 players earned 18 All-Big Sky Team honors and nine players on the first team, four on the second team, four more on the third team. Here's the layout, and there's some big-time hardware that was handed out. For the first time in school history, Sacramento would end up sweeping the individual awards. Running back Cameron Scadaboo, who had an awesome year, won the rushing title in the conference, was named the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year. And Marte Mapu, who's nickelback, he plays some linebacker, some corner, some safety. He was named Defensive Player of the Year. And as I mentioned, Troy Taylor was named Coach of the Year. It was actually a co-honor for him along with Montana State's head coach. But for Taylor, that's an award now in 2019, 2021, and 2022, all years that he's coached this team. And just incredible what they were able to do, beating five ranked teams, beating an FBS team, 8-0 overall in league. They got a nice league win streak going, an overall win streak of the last eight games of the regular season a year ago to all 11 this year. This team is rolling. And again, like I said, they've deserved everything that's come their way. For Scadaboo, he's the third Sacramento State player to uh, earn Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year honors. That's uh, Charles Roberts did it twice in 98 and 99. And Kevin Thompson did it back in 2019. So Scadaboo's here, what did he do? Only 1,251 yards. He caught 24 passes for 281 and finished the year with nine total touchdowns, five rushing, three of those through the year, and one on an amazing kick return. He had seven 100-yard games during the season, including a season-high 201 at Eastern Washington. He's currently sixth in the school season single-season history for rushing yards and is second with an average of 7.41 yards per carry. Now, remember, the postseason stats also count for the regular season. He uh, remains a finalist for the Walter Payton Award, which is presented to the top offensive player in the FCS. Now, for Mapu, he joins Matt Logue, who did it back in 2005 as the only player in school history to be named Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. Now, these honors are voted on by the Big Sky coaches. You cannot, as a head coach like Troy Taylor, cannot vote for any Hornets. So that's the respect this team has gotten this year. For Mapu, he's the uh, senior, uh, ranked second on the team with tackles of 65, six and a half for a loss, one sack. He tied for the team lead with a pair of interceptions, added four pass breakups, two quarterback hurries, forced a fumble. He played all 11 games during this year, was all over the field, and was recently named a finalist for the Buck Buchanan Award, which is given to the best defensive player in the FCS. So for the first time, a clean sweep of offensive and defensive player of the year in the big sky since Montana State did it back in 2012. Now, it's not just those guys. There's more to this team. As joining Scadaboo on the first team offense, wide receiver Pierre Williams, tight end Marshall Martin, guard Jackson Slater and Brandon Weldon, kicker Kyle Sinkowski, and ruled as an all-purpose player, Asher O'Hara. Now, defensively, Armand Bailey uh, was a second-team selection on defense. You had offensive linemen Nathan Mejia and Troy Stiefel on that second-team defensive tackle, Jet Stanley, and cornerback Caleb Nelson each took home second-team All-Big Sky honors. 
Quarterback Jake Dunaway, running back Marcus Fulcher, defensive end Killian Roscoe, and punter Cal McGough were all named to the all-Big Sky third team. What a year. I'm glad they're getting their honors. And now, as Coach Taylor would say, it's on to the second season. And that is either Richardson or David, or excuse me, uh, Richmond, the Richmond Spiders or the Davidson Wildcats. And we look forward to that on Saturday. When we're back next week for the next podcast, we'll have a breakdown of what happened there, what to look forward to, more guests to come as well as we get ready for that first playoff game for Sacramento State. And uh, it's time for the Hornets to break through because this team is good. They deserve their attention. Now they got to keep the momentum going. I want to wish everyone a great holiday, a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, tell everyone else about this Stingers Up podcast. I love the feedback. Got a chance to meet a lot of the parents over the weekend at the Causeway and at the banquet. Others at the tailgate that listen. Um, and a former Hornet, Lars Hansen. Yes, Lars, you're listening right now. It's you. I'm talking about you. Uh, showing a lot of support and others out there. We really, really appreciate the feedback and all of you that uh, love this football team. So thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Have a great one. I'm Jason Ross, and remember, stingers up.